Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 60 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. everybody and welcome in it's miller and condon on a monday welcome to the program as we start another week here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno talking sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate uh spending some of the uh the rest of your morning here with trent and myself on the bmw of des moines guest list bottom of the hour uh scott darkerman from the athletic we will go back to yesterday with doc and take a good long look at a a heavyweight fight, quite frankly. It uh, played out at Carver Hawkeye with the uh, Illini falling to the Hawks in a physical, entertaining basketball game that had a little something for everyone, including a little skirmish uh, at the end of it going through the handshake line. So I'm sure that'll come up in the uh, next little while. Uh, 11 o'clock, Nick Athen. Good for Nick Athen and the entire Chiefs fan base out there as they get that 50-year-old monkey off their collective backs and get to celebrate a Super Bowl title. Nick Athen, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. At Chiefs Insider on Twitter will join us, get uh, his thoughts. I'll let Nick, we'll let Nick speak on behalf of uh, Chiefs, what do they call it? Kingdom. Chiefs, Chiefs Kingdom. Kingdom. Yes. I was going to say Chiefs Nation, but they're a kingdom. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom. And then Alex Halstead on Iowa State. I guess the best news for them this weekend was football-wise picking up a couple of recruits, but we'll uh, dip into the basketball as they fell to Texas. After seemingly having that one put away, you can say that about a number of games this year as Iowa State struggles continue, but we have to start with Super Bowl 54. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. What a entertaining football game. Um, I'm not sure they got the MVP right. Yeah, I think Damian Williams was probably Certainly, the direction to go. And if I, you were holding yeah. a ticket of 15 to 1. Oh, no, sounds like somebody I know was. I got, I got heavily involved over the weekend. There was a lot of props to dig through. Uh, Sammy Watkins had a big game. He, did. he didn't catch as many passes as Tyreek Hill. Of course, Hill with the, with the turning point in the football game. I thought Patrick Mahomes, uh, Trent, uh, and, and Troy Aikman, literally the words didn't get out of Aikman's mouth after the overturn when Kyle Shanahan rightly challenged a pass that was originally credited as a completion to Tyreek Hill, and he was wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Aikman, I mean, the words didn't get out of his mouth that, uh, that how poorly Mahomes was playing, and that's the easiest path, pass he's going to throw in this game, and he missed him, threw the ball low, and then they come back with that 44-yard play. Which just turned the entire third and fifteen turned the entire football game around. It did. This uh, this was one where it did feel different. It felt different because Houston's awful defensively mm-hmm. at twenty four nothing. Even yeah, it was tough to maybe envision certainly as quickly as it happened. <laughs> happened in fifteen minutes. But it, but it you could at least lay out. I, I think a pretty a pretty easy path for that to happen because of the defense and Tennessee. It's not a Tennessee team that's going to beat you a whole bunch of right. different ways. And they've had a couple of pretty big wins to get to that point, right. too. This was San Francisco that was playing at such a high level. That mm-hmm. defense... Trent, Trent, Nick Bosa was the best player on the field for 
52 minutes? Yeah. 51, whatever it was. Very fair. And it was unblockable. It didn't feel like this was going to happen. It didn't. At least uh, from my vantage point. I thought the Niners were home free. But they get the ball back on their own 15. Mm-hmm. Is that where that drive yep. started? And start ticking. You yep. mentioned the big play. And here we go. Mm. 21 straight in a blink of an eye. And it's 31-20. You know who made some big plays? You know what Hawk had the best day yesterday? Well, he had the best day because he was on the winning team. Ben Neiman had a couple of plays in that football game. He pressured Garoppolo on that. Was it third down or fourth down? When he just leveled him. I mean, if it was a cartoon when I was a kid, and as you see Bugs or whoever's on the ground, he's got those little birdies flying around. (laughs) He just crushed him. And prior to that, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that he stopped the kick returner in his tracks. Oh, is that what I I think it was Neiman. Yeah. They credited Neiman, at least they, Joe Buck credited Neiman. Um, There was just, I mean, but boy, oh boy, he had a couple of major impact late in that football game. But, you know, there's a couple of things. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's clear Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him, and I don't think you need to look any further than the end of the first half for that one. Everybody that's watching the game think of timeout. John Lynch is up in the box, you know, pointing to doing the T. Um, but Shanahan didn't trust his quarterback, and then late in the football game, Emmanuel Sanders got one or two steps behind he two did. Chiefs defenders, and you have to make that throw. As the ball was in the air, I thought he had him. I did, too. Now, I could Emmanuel too. Sanders, did he lose the ball for a moment? Um, could he have laid out? I, I've seen a lot of that speculation. Mm, if either he just lost it for a moment and that messed up his steps enough, mm-hmm. or... If he lays out, can he get to that ball? It was Maybe. close. Sanders quick. I mean, I don't yeah. know, he's not as quick as he once was. Sure. He's still got. So he's still pretty uh, pretty quick receiver. But you got to make that play. And once they didn't make that play, uh, that, you know what? All we can ask for is um, is a good game. I think. Mm-hmm. And Trent, this one lived up to the hype. I know it was an eleven point game in the end, but this clearly lived up to the hype. This is all we could ask for. To your point on Jimmy Garoppolo, started seventeen of twenty. Finished 3 of 11. Is that what it was late? 3 huh? of 11 late. Well, Chris Jones saw a couple of those passes. I mean, he's just, no, no, don't bring that in here. Right. <laughs> he uh, batted a couple of those down when he couldn't get to the quarterback. Chiefs defense was salty all game long. They were. Played a lot better. You mentioned uh, one Iowa guy, Hitchens. He didn't make plays individually, but it felt like he was always in that pile. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan, now another double-digit blown mm-hmm. lead in a Super Bowl. Now yep. this one wasn't 25 points. It was no. 10 points. But and I don't know what he could have done differently. Maybe when they got the ball back and they ran the ball, picked up five, and then back-to-back incompletions. And that second down pass, it was just a straight pass. There was no play action to it. Right. That's one that I'm sure you're second-guessing yeah. yourself looking back at that one when he does. But Mostert had 12 carries. Five for Coleman, who mm-hmm. had a bad shoulder, though he looked good. Yeah, he did. Yep, he did. Nothing out of Matt Breida. Now, Brady yeah, did fast. Brady even play? Yeah, I think he did. Did he catch a ball, maybe? I don't remember. I don't remember. No, if he didn't did even it. catch a ball. Okay. I, I don't even remember seeing him I'm in not there. sure. He's really fast. Didn't see Shade McCoy. No, no, not at all. Didn't dress. Oh, didn't dress, yeah. Debo Samuel, they're getting him involved, and boy, he's, he's, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. They got something there. Look, this Niner team, if you're a Niners fan, you're, you're, you're gutted today. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, but your team doesn't look like they're going anywhere. Youngest defense in the NFL. Uh-huh. Well, it's a pretty good starting right. point when you have that defense. And With a youngest. dominant defensive end. Mm-hmm. And, and and Nick Bosa is all of that and more. Good linebacking core. Might have to replace Richard Sherman. He might be a guy that, you know, decides to walk away. Who knows how that what that's gonna be? But look, if you're a if you're a Los Angeles uh, Los Angeles, if you're a, well, yeah, Los Angeles Charger, Las Vegas Raider or Denver Bronco fan, 
I think we're about to find out what it's like to be a New York Jet Buffalo Bill Miami Dolphin fan because this kid's going nowhere, and it certainly looks like now they're going to have to pay him. Sure. But we might be on the brink. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but man, this kid's good. He's unbelievable. I mean, he stunk, Trent, but then when it counted. Back-to-back interceptions. Right. It's out. No, it's not over. I'm going to put 21 up just like mm-hmm. that. And he was just, I don't know what it was. If they'll, if it was nerves, you would have think that after a while he would have calmed down a little bit. But best thing he was doing early in the football game was extending running. Oh, and how about the bad beat? The over-under Rushing yards for Patrick Mahomes was like, I think it closed at 36. Yes. And they took those three kneel downs uh-huh. and held them against him when he's he catches the ball and he's running off clock. So mm-hmm. I guess it's a running play. It is. And um, I know if you bet at points bet and you can't hear, I don't think points bet's in this state, are they? I th- is that the one in Burlington? Maybe it is. Maybe I think they it are is. here. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe they are here. So if you bet yep. through them, um, they they refunded your money on. Oh, that okay. Prop. Well, good for them. Yeah, now, good I public was, relations. I was very happy to see that because you know I was involved with his rushing attempts. I got three at the end. Oh, that's right. You know what that number was? What, what did that push it over? Six and a half. Mm. Yeah, I'll take that. Isn't that something? And I had uh, it was one of the crossword props that I did. Yeah. We talked about on the television show on our MediaCom show uh, about that one. So was able to hit with that one. Those kneel downs, they count. I was very happy. Yeah, about that. no doubt. Uh, oh, just a great game. Just mm-hmm. a terrific football game. Halftime was, I'll, I'll defer to other people on the halftime. It wasn't my uh, type of music, but it was certainly high-paced, fast-paced. Yes, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, blast from the past. I was remembering a lot of songs from my youth, mm-hmm. or my college years, I guess, with J-Lo and Shakira out there doing yep. their thing. And Now, who is the guy? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, that's, that's, that's above my understanding of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. the superstars I know. The next role, the people that joined them for songs. I, I never have a clue who yeah, those people I'm are. I'm with you. Anthem was good. Yeah. Demi Lovato. Quick. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, they took that prop down. They Some of the properties that, that offered that, um, they took that down. I guess the word must have got out. That somebody must have been watching rehearsal. Right. Uh, and and, and the there's words, plenty of people that do oh, see sure. that rehearsal. Absolutely. Brett Mus- Musburger, I heard him tell a story on VEASAN about that. He uh, made a phone call a few years ago. Talked to somebody that was one of the spotters for the game uh-huh. that he had worked with in the past right. and said, are you going to be around Saturday? Yeah. you going to be around when they're practicing the National Anthem? Yeah. Mind getting out your stopwatch? That's funny. <laughs> I'm looking for an edge, right? <laughs> and Musburger, he cashed big on that one offshore, yeah, he said. That's funny. That's good stuff. All right, so let's move to the uh, the basketball from yesterday, Trent. Well, what an entertaining basketball game. Uh, it's two just good a, teams. Oh, two really good teams. And, look, I don't want to wish the rest of the Big Ten schedule away because it's such a damn fun conference to watch this year. But the, the, the season ends with Illinois hosting Iowa. I mean, come on. That, that right? is going to be chippy. Oh, God. That fan base is going to be fired up. I mean, Illinois, this is Illinois, a very good basketball mm-hmm. program. They've been an NCAA tournament team in almost a decade. What, right. Eight years? So help me out with this one. Does it feel like we're going back in time? Because I don't remember the Illinois Iowa th- as a thing, right? Right. I don't remember that. Because you were getting here as getting it's kind of. but yeah. Yeah, had no real, no real idea about the You were the still background. a real Canadian at that time. Now you're sure. kind of Canadian. Yeah, I'm an Iowan. Yeah. Um, yeah, with a Canadian passport. And right. I'm proud of it. Um, on both counts. But, yeah, so I didn't know about that, right? And it, does it seem like maybe we're about to head back into that territory again? Because we, we've asked this over the you know the decades, the, the rivalry for the Hawks. And it depends where you live, it right, for the no most doubt. part. And you get a lot of Illinois stuff from that uh, part of the state. Quad so. Cities, it's huge. Mm-hmm. You got it on Burlington, it's huge because, mm-hmm. well, you got people on both sides of the right. border. That's right. where it's important. And, and I think so. I, I think so because, A... Frank McCaffrey 
He is on his way to his fifth tournament in seven years. Yep. He is in a top half finish again in the Big Ten. What, top six, I think, five of those seven years. He has been up there in this Illinois team. Brad Underwood's a good coach. Yes. We saw that Stephen F. Austin. Does we he saw look like State. Gene Cady to you, a oh, young Gene Cady? Yes, that's a good call there. He really does. He's got does. that blocky kind of yes. features. Now, yes. if the hair starts to go and he starts working the comb over. Oh, then, it, then it goes another direction. This, this elevates it, Speaking right? of Gene Cady, did you see the first time that he finally shaved that dome? Yes, I did. I Boy, did. that was a different look. Different look. He should have done that years ago. Way overdue. That. Yes, it was. Re- yes, it way was. overdue. Uh, but that's a good call. Own. And you know what? A guy that was in his third year. Knew he, well, he brought in talent. Talent mm-hmm. really hadn't been a problem his first three no. years. It was, they just never played well. They never connected. He completely changed what he was doing, both offensively and defensively. He talked to a number of NBA people, which I thought was interesting, in order to do that. And that program's humming along. They're still tied yeah. for first place in the Big Ten. And that's a really talented team that comes into Carver, played well at times, and Felice Iowa still was finds out a way. Of his mind. Yeah, he was. Felice was terrific in the game. Uh, Fraser was okay. Uh, Coburn was Garzid. Uh, Bashanas <laughs> Vili was, I mean, they, they were both okay. You know, he's okay. a guy that I think has been hurt by the emergence of, of Kofi uh-huh, Coburn. Because he, he was more of a, had bigger impact last year. Because he's, he's a really talented uh-huh. player. Uh-huh. There was talk that he was going to come out after last year. Right? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. But Iowa just finds a way. Mm-hmm. And down a couple of different times, down eight right away there after they finally kind of battled a tie to 15. Eight nothing run from Illinois, and mm-hmm. Iowa responds himself with eleven straight. Yep. That's when Garza started going. And they, Trent, he didn't start going for nope. the longest time in Bland, but he got going. Whew. That was unreal. What did he finish with? Twenty five, twenty five and ten. Jesus had four three pointers, a career high yeah. from behind the arc. And when you're going up against a guy with Kofi Coburn, shoot him. Yeah, bring him, him outside a little mm-hmm. bit, shoot over top, and that's what he did. Different this, team when Connor McCaffrey. Look, I love Connor McCaffrey, and you know that. Yes, but different team when he scores a little bit, right? When he can just put. A couple of those three-pointers in. He had one hideous-looking shot. He did, but that his final three of the game was yep. massive. In rhythm, got it, and he fired, and he confident out there. He's always confident. Mm-hmm. He's a confident guy, and he'll wear that on his sleeve. But you're right. This is just a, they're a fun, entertaining group to watch. Tough. How many times have we talked about games they would have lost in the past? This is another one. I mean, just add it to the list of mm-hmm. teams, of games that we've seen this year where Iowa passed Hawkeye teams under McCaffrey. They lose that game. This team is different. They feel different. Yeah. No, yeah. there's no question about it. There's no question about Three it. Three of the next four are on the road. It becomes more so difficult. So help me out with this. Purdue, Yes, I oh. know Minnesota's on there. Uh, Nebraska's at home next weekend, right? Yes, that's Saturday. So who am I missing? The, after the two games this week, Purdue and Nebraska, yeah. then back-to-back road trips. At Indiana, a week from Thursday, oh, okay. and then at Minnesota, a week from Sunday. Uh, speaking of looking ahead, if you look ahead to Wednesday, all four of the local teams play Wednesday. Now. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Would it kill one of them to play Tuesday, right. one to play Thursday? I mean, it worked better for us, so please. We like to stretch those things out <laughs> yeah. a little bit. It seems like once, maybe twice during yeah. conference play, we get weeks and, like Well, this. And then on Saturday... Is it Saturday? I think they both play at 11 o'clock. They, Iowa and Iowa State, both play at 11 o'clock in the morning. I think they're right on top of each other the next couple of nights. Wednesday, Iowa State's in Morgantown. And uh, Iowa's at West Lafayette, correct? Yes, both at 6 o'clock. Both at 6 o'clock. Saturday, though, how about this setup? 3 o'clock, Drake at UNI. 5 o'clock, Nebraska at Iowa. 7 o'clock, K-State at Iowa State. That's this week? That's Saturday. So, I'll take that. For back, whatever reason, back, I thought that I when Iowa State were back on top of each other on Saturday. Oh, that works out great. Yes. You got six hours of basketball what, viewing. Uh, yeah, I do. I'm in. Uh, so who's got you and I, Drake? 
Good question. I don't know if that'll be, you know, Fox Sports Midwest sometimes picks that up. If that'll be the case, it'll be ESPN Plus. You know, you'll be able to find it there. Mm-hmm. But hopefully there'll be some television coverage along the way. Oh, it has to be ESPN Plus or whatever. By the way, do you see what Austin Fife is doing? Trent, he's, he's, uh, his last two games, he has not missed a field goal. He hasn't missed. <laughs> seven for seven against Most State and followed that up. He was six for six uh, Evansville. 13 out of the last 13 have fallen for the big fella. And every time that Evansville had a run in them, you and I answered, this is this is a really good you and I team. They're yeah. going to, I mean, they are the clear-cut favorite to win the regular season mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. They're the clear-cut favorite to cut down the, the nets at Arch Madness in just so many different ways. You saw what Evansville, if you're watching early on, what they're doing defensively against A.J. Green and make it very difficult on him. They did make it difficult on him. But the other guys step up. Yeah. Burhau's a really nice mm-hmm. player. If Halderman, if he's hitting his shots and, and he can really fill it up. He can. I agree with you. But you mentioned Fife, and that's the difference here. Oh, my. Justin Dahl's a nice bench uh-huh. big guy yeah. to come in and bang around for 15 minutes a game. But when he's playing like this... This team not only can put together a resume good enough to to be an NCAA tournament team on their own without winning Arch Madness, this team can get back to a Sweet 16. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Works for me. All right, let's do Iowa State. Uh, Trent, I, I thought they were going to win the basketball game. Uh, the the, uh, the Longhorn Network, uh, the, the color analyst, a little over the top. But again, oh. he works for Texas. He does, guess, yes. right? So we have to keep that in mind. You know, the most important the import, most important 20 minutes of Shaka Smart's uh, career, most important final six minutes. Uh, I get it. it. It's real. I mean, Texas is circling the drain. And man, oh man, it looked as though Iowa State was going to pull this out. Rasir Bolton's got to, I mean, I don't know how he slept. You know he's got to that's got to keep him up at night, right? I mean, standing up. Sure, it's he's got. There's guys all around him under the basket, but Bing Bang Boom, give him credit for pulling down the board, but just couldn't get that damn thing to go. Here's what surprised me a little bit. Um, Nixon comes in in the first half. Now he didn't start. Prom right. switched up his lineup, but Nixon comes in in the first half, and I thought actually gave them gave Iowa State a spark. Scored five points, made a three, made another bucket, got taken out of the basketball game, and then never saw the floor again. This is I something... don't think he played at all in the final. I'm not saying that he's the difference, no, but no. it just goes back to these rotations with Prome, right? It's continual. It feels like we talk about this, not just this year, every single year with the, the usage and the, the rotations and the way that it's set up. It just, there doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of rhyme or reason mm-hmm. to the way that it is. And if you're a player, doesn't that have to be difficult? Yeah. Well, you just don't know and you go in there and you play well, mm-hmm. you're going to get yanked. Mm hmm. Or you're not playing well, and you know you're going to get it. Just or you finally get an opportunity to play. You play well, and then you don't play again, Lewis. Terrence Lewis, right? I mean, he didn't play again, right? Time in and uh-huh. time out, and Nixon. You're right because I'm not saying been, Terrence Lewis he's been bad for three weeks. He had been absolutely been awful, but he gave him a spark off the bench, and then doesn't play again. Speaking of guys that haven't played well, George Condit, what's happened? I don't know. You're, he he you're looks 100% completely right. lost out there. Yep, yep. He has no idea what's going on. Solomon Young's playing well. He is. He, he was a big difference maker for them. So remember last week, uh, the it was the Iowa game, and I mentioned Iowa was like 10-19 and 19 against Maryland on layups. Mm-hmm. Guess what Iowa State was? We mentioned the three misses from Bolton. They took 18 layups in the game against Texas. So if we, we know Bolton was atrocious. I'm going to say it was bad. Six of 18. Mm, on layups. On layups. These are shots constituted three feet or in. Mm-hmm. Six mm. of 18. Yeah, that makes a difference in a four-point game. Yeah. 
not just was the bull- it that bad? Jesus, I, uh, yeah, the, the specialty stats here that I was looking at at the mm-hmm. box score, and I saw that. I mean, you talk about a number that leaps off the paper. That was right there. Six of 18 in layups. Unbelievable. Michael Jacobson missed his first six shots, then finally got a couple to fall. Oh, boy, he's struggling, he's struggling to shoot the basketball. That, that, well, the entire team is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any way that this team is going to avoid playing on opening night in, in Kansas City. I just, I just don't see There doesn't it. look to be a path. No. no. And that's what, that was the, um, you know, the Texas broadcasters. That was their point is to, you know, to try and find a way. You're not, a, you're not, they're not a tournament team, but get out of, avoid opening night. I just don't see that happening. I really don't. Go to West Virginia this week. Good luck. Yeah. You're home for K State. There's a win. Well, are, is it? I think so. I mean, they're both, it's an important game. They've both got two wins in conference. You go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's coming off a nice win. They finally got a nice win for that. Um, who did they beat? They had a good win this weekend. Still got Texas at home, Texas Tech, TCU. That Virginia. wasn't a good win. It was Oklahoma State, but they still had a win. Yeah, it's, and you got to get to six to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're ahead of Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and you're fighting Texas for. Are you ahead of Kansas State? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, yeah, it didn't go their way. Certainly felt like for the longest time that it would. Um, I don't know what they can do with this team. There's, there's, I don't know. I seriously don't know. They pushed, it seems like, pretty much all the buttons. Mm-hmm. They're not a very good defensive team. Mm-hmm. This was a bad Texas offense. And they did what they wanted for long stretches of that game. That's the concern here. We talk about offense so much, and we get into that part of it, and we talk about the missed layups, and, and this team is not a good three-point shooting team, but the real deficiency compared to some of the past Iowa State teams is on the other end of the floor. It's a bad defensive team. True that, and the fact that they don't have a guy that can make the three, because even yeah. though when they've had mediocre teams, they've always had a guy seemingly over this, what do you want to call it, this century, mm-hmm. uh, that's been able to make the three, right? When they don't... As we talked last week, they got a lottery guy. Got a lottery guy, and <laughs> and then what? Yeah, uh, Bolton, and then Bolton, Bolton, and then, Bolton's and a nice then player. What? That's that's the big one. All right, let's go. So let's go back to the uh, the Super Bowl for our final couple of minutes. We'll get Scott Dockerman in here in about five minutes or so. We'll do more on Iowa. Um, uh, looking forward to the Purdue game, and obviously back yesterday to to Illinois. But what when you look at this Chiefs team? Does it seem like we're on the precipice of something? Oh, no doubt. I Because it's Mahomes mm-hmm. and whatever else is around him, and you, you're going to have changing parts, and they're going to be built differently, and you know, how much is left in the tank for Travis Kelsey? And this is a veteran. Mm-hmm. He's still playing at a high level, but we know in the NFL how quickly things can bounce down there. You know, Tyreek Hill. How long is he going to stick around? Sammy Watkins talked about going into the game, sitting out this season. Yeah, and then I saw him on with uh, on the NFL Network after the game, and he said he was just funning. <laughs> just funning. That's what he said. I'm just funning. Just funning. He had a big game yesterday, Sammy Watkins did. Uh, this is a really good football team. The change is going to come, though, when that contract yep. comes for Patrick Mahomes. As it did with Seattle and Russell Wilson. Yes. And you look at the Seattle team, and they had to adjust on the fly. Early on, remember Russell Wilson, they didn't win despite of him. Because he did things late in the game, but he wasn't the Russell Wilson that we know today. But he had a ton of talent around him. Mm-hmm. And now it's Russell Wilson and some, some guys talent, on defense, yeah. But not the same team uh-uh. that we saw in the past and, and not built the same way. That's what Kansas City's going to have to figure out. And Brett Veach, that's going forward. You got to put a blueprint. And it's not just about 2020 and 2021. 
It's about the next five years. You know, how you build this roster, where the money is going to be spent, because you're going to be looking at $35, $40 million going to Patrick Mahomes. He's going to break the bank, Trent. He's yes. going to be the highest As paid. he should. Absolutely. He's the face of the league. He's How old is he? 23 or 24? 24. 24. He's the face of the NFL at 24 years of age. Think about that. Uh, did you see the tickets, by the way? Now, I think this had a lot to do with the fact that I mean, it's been a half a century for Chiefs oh, yes, fans, right? Yes. Uh, I, I saw a couple of those stories in the Kansas City Star talking about Did you? We've been saving for this for the last 50 mm-hmm. years, or we said we would always go regardless of the circumstance and put it on the credit card and we're going to figure it out. 6000 average get-in price. It was pricey. And it's not a huge building either. After the renovations there in Miami, uh-huh. it is a different kind of building. What, and 62 it, now? Right. Something and like it's, that? It's, it's like, I, I don't know the exact number, but after the league gets their tickets mm-hmm. and... There's not a lot to go around, and if, if these Super Bowls they just keep getting more expensive and more expensive. It's crazy. Super Bowl Thirty One, I remember that was um, I was New England and Green Bay in New Orleans. We were walking in, and Packer fans everywhere offered Cindy and I two thousand dollars for our ticket, and we were blown away. This is nineteen ninety six. I think ninety six season ninety yeah. January of nineteen ninety seven. My wife and I are walking in, and Packer fans. Give you two grand, two grand a piece for the Ooh. tickets. And you said no. Well, I didn't even, didn't even, I didn't think twice. No, I mean, I was going to a Super Bowl. Right? Sure. Um, and I thought, are you out of your minds? And now to see what it's become, and that's not that long ago. Well, think, put it this context. You're Winnipeg Jets, game seven well, in no, Winnipeg. You're there. I, I know how I'm, I don't know how I'm getting there, but I know I'm getting there. What credit cards are for, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, buying them from a scalper, you need cash. They don't have those little readers that you can put on your phone right. and do it that way. But Worry about that later. Right. That's kind uh-huh. of what it is, I'm sure, for 50 years of Chiefs fandom mm-hmm. going through the exact same and thing. And then the hotels are just through the roof. Uh, I mean, they triple in price from if you get there early in the week, Thursday, Friday, and there's a minimum. It's crazy. Your room might be $200 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but starting on Thursday, that $200 room... Seven fifty eight hundred dollars. You know fandom. You know going through that and and the highs and the yeah. lows, and your team finally gets there. And oh man, that's that's what makes sports great. It does. You know, I, I'd love to hear some of the. Uh, I mean, I'll look on Twitter to see some of this. Just you know what, how Chiefs fans celebrated. You know, they after. had all the cutaways to the power and light district. Did, oh, those aw- were great. Yeah, those, those were awesome. And it was elbow to elbow. Oh yeah, and it was a beautiful day. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Look, look what it was like here in this weekend yes. in Des Moines. My God, but I'm assuming that Kansas City was the same, and it certainly looked the same. But look, I, I when 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 Denver finally won, I slept with my jaw. I slept, and I don't know how old I was, forty uh, something. Yeah, I slept with my Elway signed football. <laughs> I, mean, I swear to God. Were you, were you hugging it? Yes. Yes, yeah. You're cuddled yes. with it. You're yes. spooning it. Uh-huh. It's right there with you. Oh, uh, you were? I, no, no, no. I, I, I knew I knew that I had the football. I said it was right oh, there. Oh, gotcha. Not, not me. No, no, no. Well, I was five when the Bears won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of what else would elevate that for me. It wouldn't be an Iowa Rose Bowl. It'd have to be a national championship. Mm-hmm. Or Iowa basketball. Would a Final Four? I've told you the story before, me crying. Yeah, After but the Elite what, Eight loss. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But wouldn't Does it have, they have to be a to, national championship? See, I think so. I think you have think to finish so too. the deal, yep. right? Because there's still two more in front of right. you. Right. And is it never going to happen? I don't feel like it for the Bears. Well, that not with this quarterback. The hill's so tall for the Hawkeyes on both football and the mm-hmm. basketball front. And, yeah. You know, NBA, not really. Twins? I saw two. Right. Now, I was younger. Yeah, but still, you've seen two. 
Scene two. I was uh-huh. eleven the last one in ninety. Eighty seven ninety one, right? Yep. That would that's the most a realistic in my oh, mind. By a mile. And second of your teams for sure. Boy, I love baseball. Be a good one. Let's try it. What do you say? Uh, we well then look at they're they, they're going to be favored to win their division. Yeah, I are. think that some of the numbers are already out there. All right, we will get a break, but before we do that, it's time to help pay your bills. Uh, with iHeart fourteen sixty cakes and only one hundred six point three FM takes text the keyword taxi to two hundred two hundred right now. That's your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's taxi to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic joins the program next. Trent and I take you until noon in the 11 o'clock hour. Nick Athen on behalf of Chiefs Kingdom at 11. And then Alex Halstetter and I will stay at about 11.25. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on one... All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, but in a prior life, Trent Condon. <laughs> Scott Dockerman actually covered the Chiefs. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go take his trip down memory lane. Doc, uh, good to talk to you. We'll get to Illinois, Iowa uh, in a moment. Just a fantastic Big Ten heavyweight battle, physical basketball game. Uh, just a fun, fun two hours uh, on Sunday preceding the Super Bowl. But when did you cover the Chiefs uh, and... Kind of give us an idea of where where they were as far as in the pecking order uh, during the years that you covered them. Was there ever uh, a sense you got following the team that this team was on the cusp of something? When did you cover them, Scott? Oh yeah, they were uh, they were an electric offense. Um, I covered them from two thousand through two thousand six. So Dante and- Hall and company. Yeah, the two thousand three year Dante Hall returned. Uh, Four, four kicks in, in four consecutive weeks for touchdowns. Breeze Holmes, 27 touchdowns that mm-hmm. year set the record that was erased a few years later. Uh, you know, Hall of Famers, uh, Will, Willie Rowe, uh, Will Shield, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, they were 13 and three that year and, uh, had a home playoff game and against, uh, the Colts and nobody punted, but, uh, Peyton Manning came up with a big road win that, that game and, uh, just a uh, yeah, it was a really fun, energetic era with uh, with Dick Vermeil. They just didn't have quite the defense, but they also did not have the quarterback that this era has either. Yeah, seldom a few teams do. <laughs> Sadly, as a fan of a team in the, in the AFC West, uh, just terrific, Doc. So. Um, Let's go to yesterday, and uh, I want to go to the end of the game first because Trent and I glossed over it a little bit. But you know what? Good for Fran McCaffrey. That's how I see it, and I know his reputation precedes him. And in college basketball fans, if they, you know, if they're only tuning in or they only see that clip of the end of it, they're going to point to McCaffrey. Aha! This a hole's up to his, his, his usual antics. Doc, I thought that he was the uh, the calm one. I really did. I thought that it, for for him, he was the grown up going through the handshake line around those uh, assistants because I thought, I mean, this could have really got uh, into an ugly scene. And, and McCaffrey got his team away from there, wanted no part of it, um, and good for him. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. I mean, this was a situation where at the end of the game, I thought the, uh, the officials uh, did a poor job, frankly. Uh, I thought that there should have been a foul called late. That's, that's what seemed to be the philosophy. And and it should have been called late. It wasn't. 
Um, and when you're going through the handshake line in a very competitive game between two rivals and uh, you got coaches jawing, uh, you know, Fran was the bigger man. He just said, let's get everybody out of here. And it was the smart move to make at that point because, uh, you know, these players have been jawing at each other all game, um, and it could have escalated. There could have been more than words exchanged. And you never want to see that. You don't want to see the scene, what happened between uh, Kansas and Kansas State. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, in this case, Fran did the right thing. So as you look at this basketball team, there's a bunch of red asses on this squad. There's guys that are going (laughs) to jaw. Connor McCaffrey at the front of that line. C.J. Frederick doesn't back down. Luca, he's always got something to say. That's the way this team plays, but is there a line? Are they getting close to that line and reaching a tipping point where it is too much? Do you see that? No, absolutely mm-hmm. not, and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that's very mentally tough, and if it means it's Wisconsin uh, you know, and you want to talk uh, smack to them, do it. If it's Illinois, do the same thing because – I think what we've seen over, you know, in previous years with the previous Fran McCaffrey era teams is that they just didn't maybe have that mental toughness that they needed in stretch in stretches against opponents like Illinois or Wisconsin. They were going to kind of take your soul. So if that if that's what needs to happen, go do it. And I know some people may say that or feel that's unsportsmanlike. Well, go watch college basketball from the court side. Um, that's the way it is, and then you have to accept it. So. In order to, to be able to, to compete, you've got to be able to be that mentally tough. And, and this team definitely has it. Go prove it again, time and time again. You know, I mean, their last four games, three of them were against ranked teams. The other one was against Wisconsin. And this team proved it can be in that fight. So if that means jawing a little bit, proving you're the best, go do it. And uh, I think people should applaud them. Uh, under these circumstances. I couldn't agree with you more. So, Doc, help me out with, I guess, what lit the fuse, according to Ron Coleman, one of the assistants. So, there was the Wieskamp dunk, right? And, and Connor McCaffrey's got the basketball, and as I, as I rewound it and watched it a couple of times, there's clearly two members uh, of Illinois, two players that are going after McCaffrey to either try and get a steal or to foul him or whatever. And apparently, according to Ron Coleman, he had the audacity to throw the ball over everybody. Joe Wieskamp, who's getting uh, in hot pursuit toward the basket, instead of you know laying it in and maybe getting fouled and not getting an and one, decided, you know, I'm just going to dunk it, take the, t- take the two points and move on. And that's what lit this fuse of all things? Yeah, that seems to be the case, and uh, you wow. know, I think, you know, heat of the moment, things happen, you know, and, and so, you know, these, these teams have, <laughs> for 100 years have been going at each other mm-hmm. like this, and it's just kind of the latest chapter of it, but uh, that seemed to, to kind of lit their fuse, and then uh, what Frazier came down and hit a three right after that, and then there was a lot of bugging um, on the inbound. I mean, I, C.J. Frederick couldn't get away from it. And that's where you look at an official like Mike Eads and say, what are you doing? Right. Why are you letting this happen in the last four to five seconds? Um, if the, if the one team is playing that hard, that physically, um, and is apparently is not conceded, then call the foul. Right. Let them go shoot the free throws. If you're not going to do that, then get off the floor and get somebody else who can. Because I'm kind of tired of, of watching officiating blunders time after time in both sports. And it seemed like he just wanted to get off the floor and get out of the arena. Well, you know, you're paid to do a job. It's, it's like, don't call a ball a strike, you know, in the ninth <laughs> inning. Uh, in this case, because you got a plane to catch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Connor McCaffrey, after the game, he had some pointed words for Mike Eads. Uh, he called him out in the post game press conference, something you, you rarely see. In fact, if that would have been Fran McCaffrey as opposed to Connor saying those things, 
I certainly think there would have been a fine coming and maybe even a suspension. You think anything's going to happen here to Connor from the Big Ten offices? That's a great question. I'm not really sure. I don't know if uh, if anything publicly will happen. I'm sure there will be a conversation mm. between the office and, and Fran McCaffrey and therefore with Connor about this. Uh, you know, I mean, he was very direct in his criticism, and and uh, you know, I think he was right. Now, what what the, the Big Ten will probably you know say because I mean, most coaches are right when they do criticize the officiating. You know. Knock it off. Now, I don't know if he'll get reprimanded publicly i kind of doubt it i think that i'll probably be try to handle internally but but everything connor said was right on and uh it needs to be addressed by the big 10 that uh you know if there are situations like this uh the officiating could have slowed that down they could have called the foul as as, uh as connor mentioned it diffuses it you call the foul you go shoot free throws illinois gets the inbound the ball and then the band plays and they throw up a big shot and nobody you know and you move on. But instead, by that happening, inbounding the ball, you know, have an I.O., you know, go over to, to Connor and kind of try to knock it free, it gets physical, that that makes it work. And be a, be a pro, be official. Mike, you should have done that. Uh, Doc, uh, we talked about, uh, Trent and I did after the Maryland game, when Garza was in foul trouble, how McCaffrey was able to, you know, steal some minutes in the first half, and then he took him back out, but inserted him for what was seemingly going to be the final possession of the first half. When they got the ball to Garza, it, it was a, uh, a play that they drew up. They, they got him the basketball. He didn't miss the shot. I thought that they should have tried a similar tactic. Now, they'd taken him out. I think he had one foul at the time. Obviously, they wanted to protect him a little bit. But there was another opportunity to duplicate exactly what they did in the Maryland game only days before. Yet McCaffrey didn't do that. Did he? Was that a brain cramp? It certainly seemed like it was there uh, had, they, had they decided to go down that path. Yeah, you're right. I think that was something that, you know, in hindsight, he probably would have done differently. I know at the time I thought, you know, hey, go ahead and call your timeout. Get your best player on the floor. If nothing else, it, it spaces the floor. People look to him. You know, even if he's just a decoy, then then he allows your shooters to get an open shot. Uh, by having him on the bench, there was no open shot. I mean, Illinois is a very good defensive team, very physical, uh, but illegal. You know, and it just nothing nothing materialized for any of his shooters, and they couldn't get a good shot off. So I think strategically that was a blunder by Fran. Now. Um, I'm sure, you know, and then after a game, after a heated game like that, and they won, you know, are you really going to ask that right, question? Right, right. Yeah, at the time limit, but but I think in, in retrospect, that's probably one that he'll look at and go, you know what, I probably should have done something different. Schedule flips now for the Hawkeyes after playing all these games at home outside of the Maryland and Northwestern game over the last seven. Now three of the next four on the road. Purdue, Indiana, Minnesota are the road tilts with the home game against Nebraska in between. Ken Pomeroy has all three of these road games being one-point games here. It's different on the road in the Big Ten. It's, it's different in every conference, Doc, but seemingly it's gone to another level in the Big Ten this year. What's it take for Iowa to go on the road and maybe get a couple of these road wins? <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to have to get some calls. I mean, you know, yeah. look at, at Purdue. Purdue is a very physical team. They always have been under Matt Painter, and that's their style of play. And, and when you go to Mackey Arena, you're not going to get a lot of calls. I mean, you're going to get some. And the team, the the crowd is is electric, and they're going to boo. They're going to and they're going to sway the officiating. It's just the way it is. So you're going to have to make your foul shots, but you're going to have to to live through some of that, you know. And and so that means probably better execution on offense. And it's going to be a tight game. I don't, 
you know, Purdue's not a great team this year, but they're a good team, and they're still going to be competitive. So I think, and and they're kind of in danger zone territory when it comes to the postseason. Um, Indiana, it's a completely different style of play, but you're you're going to have to be, you know, good there as well. And same thing, you know, Minnesota, I think is probably the most gettable of the three because mm-hmm. um, they did play so well against them um, early on. But uh, you know, I, I and that, that's you know a Toro versus. Uh, Versus Garza, that's going to be a heck of a matchup. So I, I think if Iowa can at minimum be two and two in that four game stretch, they're in great shape. I do think they've got the potential to uh, to, to get three out of four. And if they can, they put themselves in, 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 in probably a situation where they are in the tournament. And that and that's something that's exciting because this is a team that I don't think I, I I didn't think they'd be in this position. And I think they they have put themselves in that position. Speaking of, didn't think you'd be in that. I, I didn't think that we would see Cordell Pemsel, Riley Till, Bakari Evelyn, Ryan Creener, and Connor McCaffrey on the floor for a significant amount of time, a couple of minutes. But that though, that that five some was uh, were the five Hawkeyes on the floor at one point in the second half, Doc. Yeah, I tweeted at that point. I said, "This is like twenty-two personnel with a fullback dive up the middle." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of with football terms and. Um, that's kind of, you know, sometimes you get caught in that get-through-it era mm-hmm. you know, when you're on the floor, and I think that's kind of what they were trying to do. Is, you know, and, But, you know, it was a tight game, and, and maybe it was just survive to the next media timeout. And, uh, but it was, it was an interesting lineup, to say the least, and, and it wasn't very productive. And um, I do think if, if they could have gotten one bucket out of that lineup it would have been, it would have looked a little bit better than what it did on the floor well Connor McCaffrey uh was was part of that and and you know this is a different basketball team doc I'm not saying he needs to score t- double digits every night got nine yesterday uh three all, all three of them obviously threes um Boy, and his last one was so critical. Boy, they do need him to score, even though it's, you know, even maybe eight, nine, ten points a game. If they can get that from Connor McCaffrey, that's bonus points because he does so many other good things on the floor. When he's kind of scoring, um, they can really help. Yeah, and he's one that if Iowa could just have a fourth guy score in that eight to ten range, whether it's him or it's Ryan Greener, yeah. It's somebody like that that can that can take some pressure off Garza, Wieskamp, and, and Frederick. If you can have that guy scoring, I think that that's what makes this team one of the better teams, not mm-hmm. only in the Big Ten but in the country. And that's that's really uh, you know an interesting uh, dynamic. So when he can come up and hit three three pointers in a game, um, you know he's he missed a couple that were really there for the taking, but I mean he has still hit three big ones. Um, this team you know, can take that next step and be in any game against any team. And, and, uh, and he knows it, but, but obviously this is directed around Luca Garza. I mean, he went 15 minutes without scoring, and then all of a sudden scores in what four out of five possessions and goes up to 11 points. Just, just an incredible outing for him. The finale for Iowa basketball in the regular season in Champaign, it might have double buy implications for the mm-hmm. big 10 tournament, maybe even more than that. Doc, you uh, going to be gassing up the car and, car and heading over to Champaign-Urbana? I have to. Man, you're, you're asking me a question that I can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a football guy. I mean, I you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to interview Yahweh, Yahweh Black and wrote that story for today. So I am going to be going. I tell you what, I am going to go to the Combine. I'll be there. Nice. Ah. So, uh, you know, as far as basketball goes, uh, that that's a question that I'm going to have to you know defer on. But I'll tell you this: that, that going to Champaign 
it used to be an automatic L. I mean, mm-hmm. Iowa's lost 22 out of 23 games over there, um, and then all of a sudden they won three out of four. And But I can guarantee that there's something will be at stake in the end mm. uh, for either the, the, the a Lion Eye or the Hawkeyes, and it might might end up being a Big Ten championship. So it's, it's, it's going to be a big game no matter what. And I expect it to be a lively crowd. Yes, for sure. Yesterday. And it'll be a very physically hard fought game. Yeah, schedule makers got it right. Scott Jockerman from the Athletic Doc. Thank you. I know you and Mark are podcasting. You're on Iowa Pod. We'll be coming up on Thursday. Uh, we will talk to you a week from today. Thank you. Appreciate it, Scott Dockerman. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, do, so do the same. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic as uh, we recap uh, yesterday. He has to be over there for the yeah, yes. Athletic's pretty bright people running that uh, ship over there. They'll have them there. They Seth, Seth Davis will send him over. Should. Yes. On the back half of the Big Ten schedule. Does Iowa. What does that game mean to them? What? Crystal, so we're looking ahead? Crystal ball. I think you hit it right. I think it's double bye. Double yeah, I think that's I what it is. I still don't see regular season. Top title. four. Top four. Right. That's what it is. Now, go into East Lansing and pick off Michigan State. Well. All bets are off, right? Projected right now at Ken Palm. A three-way tie for the regular season title. Michigan State, Illinois, and Maryland all at 13-7. and seven. Iowa and Penn State at 12-8. and eight, Tied for uh, fourth place, I guess it would be. Not crazy. Maryland's got If they're going to be in the conversation, they need to start picking off some teams on the road. Right, Different basketball team at home. We'll come back, finish the hour. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 K. Across the state. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We're going to play the Connor McCaffrey uh, interview, yes. or at least portion of it, the, yep. at least the stuff that's pertinent to our conversation uh, at the end of the Scott Dockerman piece. We'll lead off the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to push back Nick Athen to 11.15 and Alex Halstead, if you're an Iowa State fan, until about 11.40. Uh, here's a question for you. Other than Len Dawson being all over Twitter smoking the cigarette, the <laughs> yes. picture of him. With the fresca the between fresca. his legs. Is Fresca still a thing? Boy, it when is. Fresca came out, and that was about the time, I remember that vividly. Really? Oh, Fresca was a... Th- there was... What was Pepsi, the... Orange Crush. Yeah. What was the sales pitch for Fresca? I don't remember. Don't remember that part. Because it I doesn't re- have calories. I don't know. Tab was another one. Do you remember Tab? Didn't that, didn't that give cancer to lab rats or something and they have to oh, take it off? It did really? I think so. Jesus. <laughs> We're really stretching my memory yeah, I, here. I didn't know that either. But, uh, but my point being on Len Dawson... Was they didn't feature him at all on anything? Is was he even there? That's and wouldn't you really think that point, he yeah. would have been? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, you yes. know, part of the broadcast forever, right? Health. I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering if that had Marty Schottenheimer. I mean, yeah. he's full blown Alzheimer's, which is terrible. We uh, haven't got into the commercials. Maybe we'll do that late next hour. But the first commercial, if you will, the NFL one with the kid running the football. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, how cool was that? That and him and running into the stadium. It was terrific. The uh the the top one hundred players at before the game, I thought that was really well done. Belichick showed off his rings. Yeah, good for him, right? That was yeah. excellent. Yeah. It, was, it was really it was terrific, Trent. The the NFL, you can point a lot of fingers at them and mm-hmm. deservedly so, but they get some things right. You know my favorite commercial was? I cried. Loretta, the Google commercial. Oh yes. Oh my god, that just struck me. Again, I cried. Hey, Google yeah. remind me. Yes, she loves flowers. Yes, yeah. uh, maybe maybe it's an age thing. If you're, you know, that's your. But boy, oh boy, that struck me. I said uh, hello, Google, and now it, my phone is hollering at me. 
Is it? Yes. <laughs> uh, I thought for the most part, though, I think they're out of ideas. I, I think the ad people have, be tough. have run out. Uh, 11 o'clock hour coming up next. We'll play the Connor McCaffrey uh, interview. Not the, all of it, just the, por- uh, the portion of it where he kind of takes a, a crack at some of the officiating, rightly so. 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM.